Hello and welcome to the house that happens recorded well not this time at Chewy's Bar and Grill, the only place to be in Suburban Etobicoke, voted four times the best dive bar in the GTA and it's number one in our hearts, but we're recording from a different location today, we're recording from the Milani Compound. I'm Andrew Milani and I'm joined by... Stephen Milani. Oh my god, you're not Cruz? No, I'm not. Uh, Sorry go- to disappoint. No, <laughs> I, I think we can get along with uh, one show without Cruz, and don't worry, Cruz, uh, he's okay, he's just got some holiday stuff to deal with, but he will be back next week for our year in review show featuring Biggest Bitch of the Year, so we're all excited Ooh. for that. Ooh, yeah. yeah, can't wait. Uh, I know you're not going to be part of that, uh, or at least not yet, but uh, <laughs> who would you say was your biggest bitch of 2023 in the sports world? Oh, man. Uh... There's a lot of good nominees, that's for sure. Um, I know you guys were talking, or you were talking about yesterday at dinner, about uh, who could possibly win it, so I don't know if I want to spoil that. Please don't. Yes, I won't, <laughs> don't worry. Uh, but if I'll go a different route, I'll I'll pick from F1, I'd, I'd like to say Esteban Ocon. Ooh, okay, he's, okay. He's a, bit, he's a bitch, I don't like him. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of Alpine for a different award for... Uh... <laughs> For the award show next week, but I like that choice. But uh, speaking of bitch moves, uh, a very interesting happen- thing happened in the world of soccer mm-hmm. this week. I know you're a bigger soccer guy than I am, Stephen, but uh, the European Super League appears to be back on. What's yeah. Your, what's your take on that? Uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, that kind of came back to me as a shock. Like, I wasn't expecting those talks to come back at all. And when I first started hearing about it, it, it caught me by surprise for sure. So... Uh, we'll see. I mean, this time they're doing it differently. I was just reading, uh, the proposal is 64 men's teams split across three divisions and 32 women's teams split across two divisions. Yeah. So for the men, it would be a 16 team top tier, 16 team second tier, and then 32 teams in the third tier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how is it supposed to work before that? I don't remember. Was it supposed to be just 32 teams before? I think it was 12. It was only 12 teams was the original Super League. Oh, I think it may have been twenty. I think twelve oh, confirmed 20, yes. that they want. Okay, okay, yes, yeah, you're it. okay. It was it was just going to be one tier though, um, and I guess we should mention as well. Uh, it went, I guess, to court. I guess in Europe. Yeah, and then it was viewed as unconstitutional for UEFA to block this. When like, what well, this is like a year ago now, oh, they, or longer even, two three years. Like it was, I think it was two years ago. Yeah, twenty twenty one. I want to say or twenty twenty. It was around that time. Yeah. I remember it came up once uh, early on the podcast with me and Cruz, and Cruz was originally for it, but then he saw James Corden speaking about it, and that changed his mind, of all things. Yeah, that'll, that'll happen yeah. when, he, when he talks about things. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he became anti-European uh, Super League because of James Corden. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so now that, that's your take on that. And then, uh, we should also mention as well that some of the big clubs in uh, Germany... England and France are still just not willing to participate in this at all. And, like, I believe the European, or European, the German, French, and English football associations have all kind of, like, put their foot down and said, like, we don't like this at all. Okay. Yeah. I, that I wasn't aware of. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, so we'll see where this goes. But, obviously, Real Madrid, Barcelona, they're kind of, like, the ones kind of fronting this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big clubs in Italy, too, Juventus, AC Milan, uh, Inter Milan are all kind of behind yeah. this as well. I'm surprised too, though, with the French league that they like PSG wouldn't be interested because like that's a farmers league. Let's be honest, that that's a chance for them to actually it, win something. I, I guess, yeah, I and mean, I guess it helps the league overall with the revenue. I guess in a way, but like I don't know, you'd also want better competition. But I don't that's know, fair. It's both sides of it, right? Yeah. 
So uh, is there a track for like a start date potentially for this or is this still kind of like up in the air? You know? Yeah, I have no idea. I think it's still up in the air as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll have to look more into it, I guess, or wait for things to come out. So we'll see what goes on with the uh, European Super League. I'm very interested. It's going to be midweek games, so I'm guessing Wednesday games probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, so from one... So from Europe to the rest of the world, we got the World Juniors starting on Boxing Day. Yes. Very excited. Uh, oh, very. We get a very rare Canada-U.S. exhibition game tonight as well. Oh, that that's interesting. Okay, yeah. Nice. Uh, cool. And then uh, I guess the big news heading into the tournament is Macklin Celebrini will not be suspended for that uh, questionable hit hmm. in the uh, exhibition game against Switzerland uh, last night. Okay. That's, uh, I mean, you know what? Seeing the, like, I saw the replay of it. And I did feel like the Swiss player kind of turned his back at the last minute. Yes. So I could see why that's no suspension. So I, I think that's a good call. Yeah. International rules, they're a little bit different with the like, hits from behind, though. And they're a lot more strict. I know that. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I'm actually surprised that he didn't get a game. But I think it's the right call overall. Not uh, just saying that for the bias, though. I, I might... I, I, if this was a regular tournament game, I might feel a little bit differently in terms of if he would have gotten suspended or not. Of course, yeah. But exhibition game, so maybe Canada gets a little bit of a lucky break there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canada, obvious favorites, do you think? Yeah, oh, God, I think so. I mean, they are every year they walk into this tournament, mm-hmm. right? Are you expecting Celebrini to be the uh, top scorer of the team, or do you think one of the overagers is going to kind of step up, maybe like a Matthew Poitras? Yeah, honestly, I was going to say, like, maybe, like, one of those guys, like an NHL or some experienced player, I think is going to help lead the way. Mm-hmm. There's even Owen Beck, too, who I really like. Uh, he's been killing it. Really? You mean the Habs prospect before the Leafs prospect? <laughs> I mean, he's... Don't a, give Cruz any <laughs> ammo for next week, please. I'm just saying that he's a name that I've heard for much longer. So, I've known about him for a while. I know what he can do. I think he played with the Peets in junior. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he's still there. I think he might have gone to a different team. But he's very fast. Yeah, I've I've, I've seen him play too. So I very can fast, I can say he's dangerous. very good player, very fun to watch. Um, even Matthew Savoie on the team, he's a name I recognize. I think he's he can do well as uh, also. Connor Geeky was on the team last year. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's another guy I really like him as well. So yeah, and you we'll see. And then like you said with the uh, the overeagers and the NHLers, we'll see what they can do with them. Uh, is there any else, like uh, any other countries in the tournament you're expecting to kind of like step up as the top contender? Is it a Sweden? Is it a Finland? The States? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say it's always like the usual suspects, Sweden, Finland, States. Uh, no Russia, obviously. Yeah, unfortunately, no Russia again. Uh, really sucks because I, I just want to see their players and mm-hmm. see them compete and have them at the highest level. But it's unfortunate with what's going on. Um I don't know. I'm trying to think more about upsets and like who can be like one of those sleeper teams. Like there's like Canada's group with like Germany and Latvia. They're usually both sleeper teams, but mm-hmm. one of them won't be able to move on because, like I said, they're together in the same group. Czechia and Slovakia have that ability to. Same with Switzerland. Uh, and Czechia is kind of back on the rise. There was a little bit, uh, yes. maybe like a decade, decade and a half, where their junior program was kind of middling now they're kind of like back on the rise again some prominent czech players coming back into the nhl oh yeah getting the silver last year too against yep. canada so yep. that can help uh norway though i feel like they're the team on the outside i don't think uh anyone's yeah, expecting them to do anything no offense norway but no one's really paying attention to yeah. here at least no one in north america but uh, you know what germany could be one of those teams i'm they're the one uh they play canada new year's eve i believe yes that could be the game to uh, kind of watch out for yeah could be oh, yeah. a one to the, the kind of trap game. 
And like I said, Latvia is always sneaky good too. They're their trap game as well. They've been getting actually much better over yeah. the years. So we'll yeah. see what they can do. Canada, Finland, Boxing Day, eight AM, uh Eastern Standard Time at least. Can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. Uh anything else on World Juniors you want to get in? Uh no, just one of my favorite times of the year. It's just some great hockey to watch, uh back and forth action. Not a lot of defense, a lot of high scoring games, so just enjoy it. Sit back and enjoy. All right. Uh, so we'll take it from World Junior Hockey to NHL Hockey. Uh, obviously, the Leafs have some goalie woes ever since uh, Joseph Wall went out. Samson off laying a giant egg against Buffalo, losing 9-3. to I would say that was the worst game the Leafs played this season. Mm-hmm. Um, goalie gave him nothing. By the time Martin Jones came in, the team had kind of just checked out mentally. You could kind of tell. Yeah. First like a lot of those goals on Jones, I'm not going to hold against him, especially that first one, that breakaway by uh, Ocpozo. Perfect shot on a breakaway top corner. Yeah. Tough to stop that one. Um, but do you think the Leafs will need to trade for a goalie, or do they just kind of wait and see with Samsonov, try and get his. Because uh, we know he's an up and down kind of goalie, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to ride those highs, ride those lows. Do you kind of hope that that next high is around the corner if you're the Leafs? I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I. I do think that, especially with the situation you're in now with Wall being out and you're only left with Samsonov and Jones, obviously most of your money is invested in uh, in Samsonov. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to find a way to get him back to just being himself again and like getting through this rut that he's going through. So as crazy as this may sound, for tonight's game against Columbus, I think Jones gives you the best chance to win the game, but I think you got to play Samsonov. Wow, I completely disagree. I think you got to... It's all about banking points. I, I know. I, it is about that, too. But I feel like they have enough of a cushion at this moment that you can... It's just one more game before the break. I would play him personally just to try and get him back and see what you got with him. Because mm-hmm. you, you have to get him going again. I, I think they made the mistake in how they play this. I would have played Jones against Buffalo and Samsonov tonight. However, I'm not starting Samsonov two games in a row. That's the thing, right? But, yeah, I don't know. You got, you Especially gotta, after that... Garbage no, performance. That's true, yeah. And because that's thing, like, I wasn't watching at like the game when it was live. I later watched the highlights, and oh, that was rough. That was some rough yeah. hockey, especially like all of his goals. He's doing like the the I like to call it the meerkat when like the goalie's trying to like look around mm. the defender, and like when he when you see it when a player sees a goalie doing that, like that's it's it. Like you're going the other way, and it's going in. Like just on all the goals, he looked clueless. He was like, "How did that go in?" It's like, yeah, when you're right. When you have a goalie asking those questions about himself. Yeah, I guess he does need some time off. But again, you got to find a way to get him going again. Do you think the Leafs explore the uh, trade market uh, in, for goalies as the season goes on? I think I think they will for sure. Um, there are definitely options out there. Um, I know a lot my, of teams carrying a third goalie. Let's not forget. Yeah, that's true too. And I know uh, my friend kind of brought this one up, and I kind of agree with it. Where like New Jersey with their goalie situation, how like they haven't really had anyone emerge there yet either. Yeah. So I could so maybe a potential swap there could be like I don't I don't want to go too crazy, but like mm, no, I, I I disagree with that because I think if you're going to be the Leafs, you're going for uh, not only a playoff spot but like expecting to contend in the playoffs. Yes. You want a goalie that's like on his way to having a good season. You know, I don't want to take a chance on a guy that may or may not be good. Mm-hmm. I think like likely a good scenario is you get a goalie from. I don't like, I, I don't even know who the team would be. I haven't done a deep dive into this yet, but like a team that's like. Not very good, but has some good goaltending. Then they'll take Samson off kind of like a flyer on and be like, oh, let's see if we can extract any talent out of him. Because we, we know the talent is there with Samson off. Of course. It's just what's between the ears that's been a lot of the problem. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, I mean, thinking quickly off teams like that, I mean, Arizona's actually doing good right now, but I was going to say Carol, uh, they might be in the playoff spot themselves that's, though. That's, that's the thing, why. Right? Yeah. Like they, they're kind of just holding steady. I don't think they want to do money moves because like they're, they weren't planning to be good this year. So no, no. Uh, I'm going to take a look quickly at the standings. I mean, like, I don't know. Do you think Christian Jari from Pittsburgh would be available? <laughs> that's the thing. I, if Pittsburgh, uh, if they eventually decide like that, obviously it's not working this year, and they got to start thinking about the future. I just I don't know if Jari would be available because he's still youngish for a goalie, or yeah. is he like what twenty seven, twenty eight, maybe? Mm, yeah, around that age, yeah. late twenties, early thirties. Uh, there's always one of the Montreal goalies you could go after. Cruz is gonna love me saying that. Yeah, well, he I... wants he wants to get rid of Jake Allen yesterday. Well, yeah, even I was gonna say I think watching Sports Center yesterday they were talking about Jake Allen potentially being on the move to the team that needs a veteran goalie. I don't think that trade happens with the Leafs, but I can see it happening somewhere else. Very unlikely unless the Leafs are willing to overpay. Yeah, yeah. Which we did once for Placanitz. I don't know if we want to do it again. <laughs> oh my god, it was a second round pick. Relax. <laughs> uh, John Gibson on Anaheim still has four years left on his contract. I mean, he's a. I know we've been talking about John Gibson getting <laughs> traded for the last like four years now. Basically, ever since that contract kicked <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, literally, it's been like just talk about him getting traded. I don't know how Leafs management feels about him. I know his value is a little bit lower lately. I still think uh, that contract still might be a little bit too big for the Leafs to take on, mm-hmm. unless Anaheim retains, which I really can't see them doing with a contract that big. Um, so at least for the time being, I think the Leafs are stuck with Samsonov. Yeah, I agree. Um, one thing I also want to get to is uh, Austin Matthews, obviously. We are witnessing just pure greatness with Matthews. Um, on pace for over 70 goals. Mm-hmm. I've been banging home that drum for the last couple weeks now. Cruz, you might not like to hear it, but there you go. Oh, I've been saying uh, it ever since opening night. So. There you go. <laughs> uh, just never take this guy for granted. Mm-hmm. We are witnessing the best Leafs talent of all time. Maybe on his way, probably is on his way to being the greatest Leaf player of all time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, I think by by the time this contract's over, I won't be surprised if he's number one in points, if he passes Sundin. Or at least him or him or Marner, close. yeah, him or yeah. Marner are going to be one two. I think by the end, Matthews is already like well on his way to being number one Leafs goals all oh, time easily. Um, and he obviously leading the league in goals right now. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a true contender for like the Hart Trophy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, could get some lug for the Selkie. We'll see because he's starting to play some power play time, right? But. Penalty kill, yeah. Or penalty kill, excuse yeah. me. Oh, exactly. Could get some selfie love. Uh, he always, not always, but he always seems to get a few votes for the Lady Bing. Mm-hmm. Could he be building up an opportunity there? Um, we'll see. I love Austin Matthews. If you're a Leafs fan, you should too. Glad to have him for another, was it four years? Yep. Four years on top of this one. Yeah. So. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> of course. Who continued to... Uh, Trudge along the season. Yep. Uh, going. You know what? The most surprising thing about Montreal is their home record: seven, nine, and two at home, which is not what you expect from this team. Eight, four, and three on the road, which is fantastic. Yeah. They kind of wrote. I guess. I don't know. Is it that kind of underdog style that they play that's kind of leading to that, or? Yeah. It. I mean, I don't know what it is because, uh, like, looking at the standings, even like when I was this past week, I was just surprised to see them above five hundred. To be honest. Well, they've been. At or around 500 all that's, season, right? That's fair, but still, that either way, that just surprised me, and like just that in general. Which I don't know. I think coming into the year, I'm still going off of those like thoughts that I had and my predictions about how like they're 
going to be nowhere, but like they are competitive. They compete. They show up every night. Yeah. And that's that's all you want to see out of young teams. Just they're trying. They're doing all they can. They're they they take a lot of games into overtime and shootout too. So they yeah. are competing and they're up there banking points. And I mean, Mar- Martin San Louis has them playing a good system. Obviously, he does. Yeah. The problem is talent right now. Obviously, Kirby Doc has only played what two games on the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Suzuki and Caulfield. Both small guys in the top line. They could really use a big winger there. They played Slavkovsky there, who he's still a guy who's still finding his way, obviously. Mm-hmm. The defense needs work. Goaltending, obviously, is one where it's it looks more optimistic. I think they want to roll with uh, Montembo and uh, Primo in the future. Oh, definitely. Allen definitely looks like the odd man out. Like a, By trade deadline, if he's not gone, that's going to be a shocker. Yeah. Um, but uh, my question with Montreal is... We talk about this on the show all the time. The Larry Bird coaching rule. You know what that is? Uh, no, I do not. Please. Uh... So, Larry Bird, he was coach of the Indiana Pacers for three years. Uh, very successful. They went to the conference finals, I believe, two of the three years. Went to the NBA finals his last year there. But then he unexpectedly stepped down as the head coach and just kept the GM position. Mm-hmm. And when asked why, he said, you only have three years as a head coach before the players stop listening to you. Now you could say Larry Larry Bird, stubborn guy. Right. So let's say, let's give it a liberal number. Let's say you have five years as a head coach. Right. Will Montreal be good in time under San Louis before the Larry Bird hmm. rule kind of kicks in? Whether that be three, four, or five years, whatever that is. Will they be good enough by that time? Ooh. What was his first full season as head coach? Was last it, year or the season not, before? Was it not last year? Okay, so I guess you got three years. Well, let's say it's two and a half years by the end of this year. Okay. Uh, and we all know the NHL is always the quickest on the draw to fire the coaches, right? That is very true, yeah. NHL is very quick. NFL is too. Because with but, Montreal too, it's not like they have a crazy amount of help coming. Like, what, they're going to be drafting at like, what, 12? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to, like, try and forecast what their future will look like. Cause... I mean, they need those prospects to come in, like Owen Beck and really knocked the door down a couple of those defensive prospects too mm-hmm. like uh, logan may you all those kind of struggling in the minors yeah but even then like you get all these young guys in at once like then you kind of i don't want to say reset yourself but you kind of take again not a step back i guess it is a reset more than a step back because like you're bringing in these guys who are, aren't experienced sure they have skill and you know youthfulness and all that good stuff that you want to see in your game but they just don't have the experience so you kind of take a a different angle with your team. Kind of like what the Leafs did when all their young guys started to like play and get bigger roles. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, they're progressing, but they're still kind of stuck with like their old ways mm-hmm. and what they're doing. Like they're not really progressing where you want them to. I guess and that's what I'm saying in the playoffs, but I don't know, that's just the Leafs. That's kind of the curse that's put on them. I feel like another team like the Habs they run on magic, so who knows what they can do. They have a lot of problem contracts, too, though. Like the Josh Anderson, Freddie yeah. Gallagher, Michael Matheson. Matheson's only three years, but Gallagher and Anderson, four more years ago, those guys. Gallagher, 6.5 against the cap. Yeah, that one That one I'm really not liking. The Matheson one I don't mind too much. I think you can live with that one. Yeah, because you need someone to eat the minutes on defense. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, for, I think that's pretty much all we got to say for Montreal. Yeah. Although uh, I do, I do have one more thing though. I was, when you were bringing up their home record earlier, I'm just like maybe I'll just find this out for myself later. But I'm just curious, like what that home record is on Saturdays, because I know I think I don't know if I've mentioned it on this show before, but I swear there is magic in that building on Saturday nights, because they like 
I you'll like like so the Leaf game will end right. Okay. And like usually I'll go to like whatever game is still going on. Sometimes yeah, the, it's the, the Habs game. Coverage, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's the Habs game. They'll be an overtime or like losing with like a minute left, like being outshot by like I don't know twenty or something ridiculous. They'll tie the game up late on like a, just somehow, and then they'll end up winning the game in like overtime or shootout. And it's like I swear that only happens on Saturday nights at the Bell Center. <laughs> Well, let me see. So they are five zero and one at home on Saturdays. Whew. I and think all of them are all of them are one goal games. <laughs> I rest my case at that. Like that, I didn't even know that, but I just—it's just this thing I've seen now for like I really caught on to it last season. I think it was that, it, like the one I described about like that situation where like they were down, tied it late, won in overtime. It was against Philly. I somehow remember it still, but yeah, ever since that moment, I was like. I'm realizing there's a trend here. So, but if you do the math, when it's not a Saturday night home, what's a, I guess a home game, but not a Saturday for the Habs, they are two nine and one. Yeah, that's a problem, and that's no magic there. Uh, <laughs> no. Monday through or Sunday through Friday. No, but still interesting. That is very interesting, though. That my theory actually did hold water there. Kind of, yeah, it absolutely does. <laughs> um, Detroit. I want to move on to them. Talk yep. about them for a bit. So they're. So they had a three-goalie system, which we're critical of. However, now two of those goalies are injured, so they've had to sign Michael Hutchinson. Vile right. Husso uh, put on uh, LTIR, I believe, or mm-hmm. at least IR. Uh, Alex Lyon uh, had a little injury as well. I don't think he's expected to be out long-term, but regardless, you need two goalies at least. Yes. Uh, big hit there for the Red Wings, especially since they have not been playing great as of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know... They pulled out the win last night in the shootout, but still, they have not looked great, especially since Patrick Kane is coming back. Yeah. Um, th- does this kind of prove that a three-goalie system could work, especially considering that uh, you, you just need guys? Yeah. Guys are going to go down. Yeah, exactly. It, it definitely can work. And for like you said, guys are going to go down. Uh, you always got to have that next man up mentality. And as long as the goalies have that and they're okay with splitting the net and you know they're not being greedy in that regard, then I think it can definitely work. Yeah, I mean, I think the Detroit's big problem is that Billy Husso is kind of established himself as a fraud. Yes. I mean, you look at him, you look at his numbers. Most seasons he's had an eight ninety five save percentage somewhere around there, and he's yeah that one good season is last in St. Louis where he's like mm-hmm. a nine fifteen nine twenty yeah kind of guy, but he has regressed back to the mean. Not eight ninety five. That's that's who he is. Yes, exactly. And I, that was always the thing with Huso. Like, I I know there's people that, like, some of my friends that were talking about him going into the season saying, like, oh, I think he's going to be good or whatever. And, like, I'm picking him up in fantasy. And I was like, eh, like, Detroit's kind of my team I'm staying away from this year. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you just don't know what you're getting with them. And even last night, yeah, they pulled out the win. But 7-6, like, you're still allowing six goals. And you don't want to see that from your team, especially your young team that's trying to develop. Mind you, their top two goalies are out. Yeah, no, of course, of course. They'll cut them some slack with that yeah. one, but uh, still, we'll see. Does Detroit make the playoffs? I do not think so, no. You think they're too far back? Uh, not... They're kind of falling out, I guess? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just don't think that they they have what like some other teams have. And again, I think it's more just comes with that experience and, pl- I don't know, play style, I guess. Because the wild card in the East is becoming a huge, huge mess. I mean... I'm I'm still shocked about uh, in the Metropolitan. Philly has found a way in there as the second yeah. place team. Then you got Washington, Carolina, Tampa, Detroit, Montreal, uh, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, 
Uh, all kind of in that wild card chase. You mm-hmm. could put Buffalo, but they have played more games, so it's tough to really see them in that conversation. Yeah. I, put, I, draw, I draw the line at Pittsburgh. Yeah, They're still five well. points back, but they have a couple games in hand, so I'll leave them in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm expecting New Jersey to climb. Yep. Although, I, they're, now the talk is that Lindy Ruff is on the hot seat there. Ooh, interesting. Okay, I have, I have not heard about that, but I could I could see that. Yeah, if they're struggling like this, it it could be something to do with the coach. I just I'm trying to think who they'd replace him with, though, in the future. Next man up. <laughs> Next man up, Next yeah. Next man up mentality. <laughs> Bruce Boudreau. <laughs> oh, my God, can you imagine? Um, also, in the East, I want to get to Alex Ovechkin, his scoring woes. Although, he did finally break his, was it, 14-game goalless drought? Yes, yeah. Um, the OT winner. That... Puts him at six on the season in 30 games, 828 goals for his career. So he is now, I believe, 66. 66 goals behind Gretzky. Yeah. Uh, it's looking less and less likely that he's going to do it. I, I can't believe how his production just went off a cliff like this. I thought he was going to be good for at least 30. Yeah. Now it's looking like he's going to struggle to get 20. I know. It's and it's so shocking, honestly. Like I don't think anyone would have expected this, but at the same time, I. I don't want to sound crazy or like maybe this is a bold prediction, but I could see him just having a hot second half of the season, like just somehow figuring it out is something. Maybe maybe it's can he can get to thirty? You think? Yeah, because like that's he's never had a season below thirty, right? Uh you are uh okay. So twenty twenty one, he missed a bunch of games, scored twenty four. but okay. it was, that was still still uh, his pace though was still good for he's like still around fifty goal pace. Yeah, yeah. so. If we're going by that... I assume that was the uh, the COVID season, but still, like, 50-goal pace about. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, either way, though, I because even in, like, the other shortened lockout season, he scored 32 back in 2013. And that was 50-goal pace as well. Yes. Yeah. So, that's the thing. I could see him just somehow figuring it out and maybe getting to 30 somehow. I feel like that's, like, the number that he at least wants to stay mm-hmm. at for his career. So, I could see that being his goal. And if he gets 30 this year... He just needs another 30 next year, and that's it. Or he needs, like, 25 and then 5 the year after, and he's hit it. Yep. So, we'll see. We'll obviously be monitoring that. I know Cruz is uh, the eternal pessimist about this, but <laughs> uh, we'll have to see. Uh, I want to move things on to the Western Conference. Edmonton Oilers, kind of up and down team, back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they've won their last two games now, so they're I guess they're kind of... Getting hot again. I, I can't get a read on these teams. I think that's the biggest problem there. Jack Campbell has been demoted to the backup in Bakersfield. Oof. Uh, on the Condors in the AHL. Sad to see that. I, I'm i really starting to doubt that we'll see him back in the NHL again this season. Yeah, that's tough. That's a really tough situation for him. But uh, the Oilers, I mean, I've said this uh, before the season. I think they are defensemen away from being a serious contender. If they can climb back into that wild card, no one's going to want to play them. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree with that. Um, just, do you think they'll? You think they'll find their way out of this, right? I imagine. Oh, they have to. They like. There's no. They don't. They have to find a way out of this. When you have like just two of the best players in the world on your team, and you know what they can do in the playoffs, like you gotta just find a way to get them there. Because once you get there, yeah, anything can happen. Like you're playing one of those top teams, like. I think, yeah. I think they can easily pull up. I don't want to call it an upset because they do have McDavid, Dreisaitl, and everyone else that's there. But, yeah, just get them into the playoffs. Let them do the work. Uh, so one thing we talked about, uh, we've been talking about, is how in the West, the top three in each division has really separated themselves from the wildcard race. 
one, two, three in those divisions, I mean, are still so up in the air. I mean, mm-hmm. Winnipeg, number one in the Central right now, as we speak. Incredible. Colorado falling down to three. Uh, in the Pacific, you have uh, Vancouver and Vegas battling for number one. LA has kind of fallen back a little bit, uh, going through a little bit of a slump right now. I know people have been uh, picking on Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yep. Uh, he's kind of struggling on the uh, third line of that team. Hasn't been putting up many points. But you drop down to the wild card for the West, like Nashville, Arizona, St. Louis, Calgary, Minnesota, Edmonton, Seattle, all kind of within seven points of each other. Um, Seattle may be the only team, like, they're under five hundred. maybe uh, they don't, don't have the games in hand on the teams above them. But mm-hmm. Edmonton above, I mean, door's wide open. Oh, it honestly is, yeah. Like, because Nashville, Arizona, like, they're off to a good start right now. And, like, they're still playing well. Kind of like you were mentioning before with Philly. Like, holding and they had the killer Philly. home record. Yes, that's right, honestly. Mullet Arena, man. There's something about that place. Just don't want to walk into that small bar. You get intimidated by the 5,000 fans <laughs> or something. I don't know. I think it's just so bizarre for other teams. Where, like, this right? Is, like, it's like, a shock. Guys, yeah, these guys are such creatures of habit. You expect to walk into, you know, these, like, giant, you know, 18,000-seat arenas. And now it's, like, this little, like, rinky-dink college yeah barn, you know well, i remember that last season too like watching games and i'm like yeah like they're just winning games at home like their road record might have sucked last year but their home record was decent it still sucks this year <laughs> yeah um but like uh, nashville they're the team for me where i'm really starting to really look at them i find them interesting where mm-hmm. they had that bad start especially uc sorrows playing terrible at the beginning they managed to get through that and they're the first wildcard team right now i mean why can't this team make the playoffs? Oh, 100%. I agree. I think they... I can't remember what I said in my preseason predictions, but I would be very surprised if I didn't have them in the playoffs because I, I see them as like a solid wildcard team. Okay. You didn't have them winning any of the divisions. I didn't note any of that. No. But, okay. Uh... <laughs> I'll have to, that's fine. I'll just have to check on my own. That's okay. Uh, it's okay. Uh, but they could be a team to watch out for. Arizona, I don't think anyone had no, in or around the playoffs. I... Probably had them like lower end of the division, not even thinking about them. They were an afterthought. Calgary destined to just be a 500 team, you think? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. I thought this would be the year for sure they'd bounce back. Like, I think it was last year Markstrom had a brutal year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought, like, for sure. I think he has been playing better, but, like, still, like, Huberto, what is going on there with him? <sighs> I, I couldn't tell you. Like, is he ever going to figure it out? Like, they're paying that guy how much money for eight years, and it's like, this is all you're doing? <laughs> I think the problem with him is that he's a Robin, not a Batman. That's true. And yeah, right. they, and they're paying him Batman money. Yeah, that's very true. Because that's that's right. You see in Florida, he had Barkov to play with who was their Batman, I guess. Exactly. Right? So. so we'll see. Uh, Vancouver also, I want to touch on them. Uh, 47 points, tied with Vegas for number one in the Western Conference. Also leads the NHL with a plus 43 goal differential. Um, they had a little bit of a bad streak there for a bit, but 7-1-2 in their last 10, looking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Is this team the real deal? Uh, I. How can you say no? Because <laughs> I just, I haven't seen, like, it's been a while since they've made the playoffs, so I need to see when they get there when it really matters. Because we've seen... This teams... doesn't look like the Vancouver teams a year's past, I know. though. I know, but I'm just saying, we've seen many teams, many other teams have great regular seasons, and then when it comes down to when it matters, they crumble sometimes. I so, I, like, I will say they're the real deal right now, and in the season, and I think it'll continue into March and early April, but once the season ends... I'll have to see again, but I definitely I'm not doubting them. Like I definitely could see them making a run. Like because 
they have everything. At, like, they have the elite goalie, which I think is the big game changer in having a deep run in the playoffs. If you can have that goalie that can steal you games, like, you're going to go far. Fair enough. Um, and a couple Hart Trophy candidates as well, Quinn Hughes. <laughs> Uh, Lies Pedersen and even uh, JT Miller. Yeah, and then Brock Besser just on the Cy Young like <laughs> scorch this year. Like so many goals, no assists. I love it. Yeah, Rocket Richard candidate as yeah. well. Uh, one last thing in the West I want to get to. Uh, Taze calling out his teammates in Colorado. Yeah. Do you think that's going to fire that team up or do you think that's going to fire up that team? <laughs> uh, ooh. I mean, it's definitely, it's got to fire them up. But uh, like, they do. I know. Like right now, they they don't have Kale McCarr in the lineup. I believe he's out with an injury. Yeah, he's been in and out basically all year. Yeah, so he's you know I don't I don't hate that from Taze. He's basically just calling out the guys that are in here that are just filling in, thinking like they're doing a good job, and he's just saying like, no, you gotta you gotta pull your socks up. Like he knows like they know what it takes to win. So he's just trying to motivate his guys, and yeah, I think it'll work. And uh, we mentioned last week they are. At least it appears they are kind of building up for one big trade, getting rid of Thomas Tatar, trading him to Seattle. Mm -hmm. The rumor is that they're looking for that number two center. Elias Lindholm is the one I've seen kind of circled. If they could get him, that'd be huge. My God, yeah. He would look good in a Colorado uh, Avalanche uniform, that's for sure. That would change my take about them losing to the Oilers in the first round, probably. (laughs) Although they might not even win the division at this rate. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Anything else to add for... The NHL before we move on to the, our Saturday night pick No, I believe I'm good. All right, so first up, we begin with the Dallas Stars at the Nashville Predators. I'm going to take Dallas. Yeah, I think this one's Dallas, although... Uh, no, yeah, I'll still side with Dallas, even though Ottinger's still out. Uh, next up, we have the Vegas Golden Knights at the Florida Panthers. Uh, Vegas... Stanley Cup Final rematch. Exactly, yeah, that is true. Uh, and I will take the team that won that Stanley Cup Final. I'm taking Vegas. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go Florida on this Ooh, one. Okay. I think Florida's gonna be fired up. They remember the last time they played. It was nine. I didn't even, like. I forgot that game was nine three. The last game, wow. like game five. A lot of, of nine three talk on this show. Oh uh, yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, Toronto Maple Leafs at the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, obviously, you know who I'm picking. I'm picking the Leafs. They got to show a bounce back performance yeah. after that stinker against the Sabers. Absolutely, they like they also remember what happened last week against Columbus when they were down five nothing, tied the game, and then lost in overtime. So they got to play with. Uh, they got to win this one tonight. Uh, next up, Boston Bruins at the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Minnesota looking pretty good ever since that uh, new coach. They got that little bump. Boston mm-hmm. a little bit hot and cold lately after that strong start. Patois. Uh, Lone Dueno, they kind of did that as a way to kind of get some of their injured players back in the lineup. I think that will probably be a good long-term move for Boston, but in the yep. short term, I don't think they're. I think they're going to maybe not struggle to get some wins, but uh, it's going to be a little tougher for them. So I'm picking Minnesota at home. Yeah, you know, I'm tempted to go Minnesota too. Uh, you know, I think I will do that. Minnesota. I think they beat them the other night in Boston as well. So we'll see. That's probably a take uh, that we should take. Uh, Boston, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Detroit Red Wings at the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Detroit coming off uh, a shootout win last night. New Jersey kind of desperate for wins, but I will still pick the Devils at home. Yeah, same. I'm going with the Devils for this one. Pittsburgh Penguins at the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa, could they get the new coach bump? I say yes. Give me the sense. Ooh, okay. Uh, I will go Pittsburgh for this one. Wow. I, I mean, I know it's got to turn around for Ottawa eventually. They do got to get that bump, but I, I don't know. Until I see it, I I can't side with it. 
Pittsburgh, also a mediocre road team. Just throwing that out no, there. No, fair enough. That is fair. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning at the Washington Capitals. Washington, one of those Enigma teams. I can't believe they're still getting wins, but they do. <laughs> Tampa Bay, just the eternal up-and-down team. Give me Washington at home. Yeah, I'll take the Capitals with this one, too. I think they're safer. New York Islanders at the Carolina Hurricanes. Islanders have been finding their way after a slow start. Found their way, I should say. Carolina, little up and down. I told you, basically, I gave the Larry Bird rule. I think mm-hmm. that puts uh, Rod Brindamore's job in jeopardy. This is his fifth season. Give me the Islanders on the road. Yeah, same. I'll take the Islanders all day with this one. Okay. Buffalo Sabres at the New York Rangers. Uh, Rangers, I believe they got the. They didn't get the win last night. Buffalo, obviously coming off that big win against the Leafs, maybe feeling a little too good about themselves. Give me the Rangers at home. Yeah, Rangers. Uh, I think the Sabers. Yeah, like you said, feeling good. And they're just gonna. Just, I don't know. I don't see them getting this one. So both of us picking all three New York teams to win. Yes. <laughs> uh, Seattle. Uh, I said Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> Seattle Kraken at the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, and I'm sucks. Give me Seattle. Yeah, tell, yeah. This one's an easy Seattle. Uh, Chicago at St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis surprisingly good home team. They got that new coach bump as well. Give me the Blues at home. Yeah, I think the Blues for this one. Blackhawks played last night as well. So back to back. Arizona Coyotes at the Colorado Avalanche. Everyone got to be feeling after tapes called them out. Plus Arizona not that good on the road. Give me Colorado. I'm, I'm tempted to go Arizona, but I think, yeah, Colorado is the, the level-headed answer here. I hate picking Colorado because they always screw me, though. <laughs> uh, Calgary Flames at the LA Kings. LA a little bit down. Calgary a little hot right now. I'll take the Flames on the road. Kings do for a bounce-back game, though, so give me LA. Okay. And last but not least, or maybe least, San Jose <laughs> Sharks at the Vancouver Canucks. Canucks just rolling right now in San Jose is... While they might not be as bad as we thought they were at the beginning of the season, they are still not that good. Give me the Canucks. Yeah, I think this is no, a no-brainer. I'll take the Canucks as well. Okay, so we are pretty much on the same page. Uh, I've not gotten Cruz's picks yet, so Cruz, get them into me quickly before uh, the end of the day, and we will get your picks locked in. Um, so we will move this on to the NBA for a little bit. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about is how... The LA Clippers have kind of found their way back. It was a little bit uh, hard in the beginning once they got James Harden, mm-hmm. but now they found their way back. Now they're the fifth seed in the Western Conference, nine and one in their last ten, just coming off wow. the loss. They had a nine-game win streak there. Uh, could be one of the teams to watch out for in the Western Conference. Can Kawhi finally get that third championship? I I think uh, any team with Kawhi has the the possibility and the uh, the opportunity to definitely go far and win a championship. So. And Kawhi's, uh, like, he's playing a lot of games this year, too. Let's not forget. Yes, yeah. He's screwed the load management. Done with that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you can get him going and he's going to be healthy all year, then I see no reason why not the Clippers uh, can win a championship. And I also want to comment on uh, the Lakers' banner (laughs) for the uh, in-season tournament. I love it. They did it the way I thought they should, where it's not going to be a banner for every time you win this. Yes. They made room for different... Ones along the way, our dad had a comment where he was like, oh, they're just going to assume that they're going to win more. I'm like, well, it's the Lakers, so they will. Yeah, they they're always <laughs> going to be competitive. Especially, well, with LeBron. They could probably win next year, although I doubt it. I think the way Kevin Durant was talking about it, I expect him or Giannis to win it next year. Mm-hmm. If I had to make an, a way-too-early bet. Um, Toronto Raptors, we talked about how they were kind of destined to be the 10 or 11 seed. Well, they've fallen to number 12 in the Eastern Conference right now. Chicago's yeah. all of a sudden 
then a little bit of a surge. Um, this team's in trouble. I don't like where they're going. Uh, our first round pick belongs to San Antonio as well. It's yeah. top five protected, but I mean, unless we win the lottery, yeah, that, that pick's going to San Antonio no matter what. Yeah, that's I actually forgot about that. That was the Pirtle trade, wasn't it? It was. Ooh. And we need another big man, and we need a three-point specialist. Yeah, the, this team's years away from being competitive again. I hate to say it. Yeah, I hate to say it too. They're right, right back to where they were during the uh, the Chris Bosh era, basically. The end of the Carter, end of the Chris Bosh era. That's exactly what these, this team reminds me of. Yeah, no, exactly. We have like some nice pieces there, but just not enough to to be competitive. Can Siakam be gone already? Oh, he needs. Can we trade Siakam he now? Needs to like. I don't know what's taking them so long, honestly. I don't think there's much interest. That's. I think people that's... want OG. They don't want Siakam. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, that's it, right? But we'll see. Um, I think we're going to keep it pretty short for the NBA for now. Although, uh, Christmas games right around the corner. Uh, although, I think we're going to be more focused on the NFL. Obviously, big weekend of football coming up. Two Saturday yes. night games. Three games on Monday for Christmas Day, including the big one, Baltimore versus San Francisco. Yeah. Could be a Super Bowl ooh, preview. Ooh. Very excited about that. But uh, first, let's talk about uh, what happened last week. Uh, Obviously, the big one is... uh, We actually missed this one last week, but uh, the Chargers got smashed by the Raiders and then Staley immediately fired by the Chargers. (laughs) Let me just give a round of applause for the Chargers finally firing Staley. Something that should have happened last season. Chargers fans, you can sleep easy now. I thought it was never going to happen. Oh, I thought so too. That team is just such a mess. Uh, 63 points you allowed to the Raiders. Especially four days before that, they scored zero. The Raiders! Yeah. And you're supposed to be a defensive club. Yeah, that one, like, I know. The whole time, I still remember, I think it was earlier this season, you told me that Staley was, like, a defensive guru. Like, I didn't know that. Apparently, that's yeah. what I say. And sometimes when you told me that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I thought, I've always known this team for, like, offense. Like, their defense was good when he first got in, but then yeah. it, it got worse and worse each year. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's not that defensive guy, and then you tell me otherwise. And, oh, that blew me away. And that, that was the moment where I knew, like, he has to go right now. He's holding this team back. And there were people thinking Justin Herbert was the problem. Like, I don't what? There, there were actually people trying Garbage to blame take. Justin. Yeah, honestly. I think like people blaming John Tavares for the Leafs losing. Agreed. It's like, no, it's not his fault. He's just being given shit plays. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Saturday was a weird one as well. I mean, the Bengals and Vikings, it seemed like the Vikings just did not want to win that <laughs> <No>. game. They're <laughs> like, Andrew, pick them to make the playoffs. We will not. <laughs> we will suck. Um, Bengals still finding a way, despite not having Joe Burrow, they could still find their way in a playoff spot. And as of now, they do find themselves in the playoff yeah, spot. Yeah, they're just clawing their way, staying in it somehow, and doing whatever it takes to to get that la- one of those wildcard spots. So... I think they'll get in. Whether once they get in, what they do, we'll we'll see. I don't think they go far, but oh no, especially if they got to go into Kansas City or Miami. Oh yeah, then still though. I mean, no one. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to it later with like a play or like talking about everyone. But like just right now, I guess I'll just bring it up anyways. No one in the AFC is really standing out to me that Not much. Not even Baltimore. Baltimore does, but I think I brought it up to you like off the record. Like they. They just they still have that history of choking with this team. 
So I'll have to see it once the playoffs okay. get there to believe it. So I do see them as coming out of the AFC, but I can also see them choking away. I don't know. They got the defense. They, they have the offense. They're going to be tough to stop, especially mm-hmm. if they have home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs. Yeah. Um, and my take of three AFC North teams making the playoffs is looking pretty good right now. Just saying. I just, uh, I don't know if that happens. I, I can't see the Steelers getting in. Uh, Browns and Bengals. Oh, sorry. Browns, Browns and Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no Steelers yeah. are done. Yeah. I, I think they've, uh, especially after losing to the Colts, like the, they're frauds. Come yeah, on. sorry. That's right. Yeah. Browns and Bengals for sure. Uh, although, I mean, yeah, because I don't know about Indy. I can see Indy falling out in Buffalo. Oh, I think spot. Indy's in actually. Unless I don't know. I don't know about Houston. Yeah, but, uh, it's going to come down Bills and Colts for that last playoff spot. Then. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Okay, that's fair. Houston uh, with C.J. Stroud though would have me convinced. But speaking of frauds, the Denver Broncos look like they're also going to miss the playoffs as well this year. Yep. Uh, losing big time to the Detroit Lions. Cruise. I know you're happy about about that one. Where does Denver go from here? Well, I mean, looking ahead to this week, they have a layup Sunday night against the Patriots, so they can't mess <laughs> they can't mess that one up. If they do, then they're absolutely done because that's it's a free win. It's like the on a bingo card. It's a free space. Okay, it's not the Panthers. No, it's okay. True, you're you're right, but it's close to it. <laughs> Patriots have had what three three wins this year? Still second last overall. <laughs> High draft pick. Let's I know, go. right? A lot like, of good wide receivers available, and the Patriots need that. Um, oh, we do. Miami smashes the Jets thirty to nothing at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, was an absolute. I mean, the Jets just look like a dumpster fire right now. I think yeah. they're just like punting for next season, basically. <laughs> I doubt they'll be able to keep Rodgers, but you never know unless they're able to fix that offensive line. I think that's the big one there. Yes, exactly. Um, Browns beat the Bears twenty to seventeen at home. Tight one there, Bears. I think this is classic fraudulent Bears, like, showing it when it's, like, way too late. I think this is also kind of Justin Fields kind of showing his value because it looks like the Bears want to move on from him. Yep. Could be a Patriot next year. That, I That's would actually, rumor. I would be okay with that. I'd be very uh, interested to see how that goes. Uh, my worst game of the week, though, I mean, there was a couple stinkers, but uh, <laughs> the, the big one for me was Tennessee just unable to finish the deal at home against Houston, blowing it in overtime. Yeah. It looked like they had that one in the bag. It looked like they were going to cover. Yeah, it really did, honestly. I'm surprised they because they lost that one, especially in overtime, too. Yeah. They were up 13-3 uh, to 3 at halftime, and then bit by bit, Houston chipped away at the lead and kicked that field goal to win. Uh, New Orleans smashing the Giants 24-6 to 6 at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Orleans trying their best to win tank division. <laughs> Giants... Uh, the Tommy Cutlet magic is over, it appears. Yeah, unfortunate, really. Uh, another stinker of the week was Carolina versus Atlanta. <laughs> Mind you, it was in the rain. Yes, so not, it was. So not great conditions, but Atlanta beating themselves more than Carolina beating them. Putting up seven points against Carolina. <laughs> oh, I know. that. It just makes me laugh, honestly. I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> they had that division on a silver platter ready for them. And they're going to choke it away like they did last year. You know, honestly, I i mean, I know a lot of people had Atlanta winning that one. I had, Including Cruz. I had the Saints winning that one. and I, I mean, had the Saints too. Either way, we're both wrong because it looks like Tampa is going to be the one to come away with it. Uh, I mean, Tampa Bay is only ahead by half a game. That's true. So it, it's going to come down to Tampa, New Orleans. Tampa Bay smashing Green Bay 34-20. All of a sudden, Tampa Bay is red hot. I believe they're on a three-game win streak right now. Yeah. 
Let me check Baker Mayfield, man. And then Green Bay, like every time you think they're about to turn it around, they lay an egg there. Yeah, what happened like before uh, that Sunday night matchup against uh, who was it? I think it was the Chiefs that they lost. Mm-hmm. Like before that, remember? Or no, sorry, it was the the Giants actually. And it wasn't a Sunday night matchup. Um, oh, it was a Monday night game against yeah. the Giants. Like heading into that game, I remember like hearing all talk about like oh like the the Packers under Matt Lafleur undefeated in December. And they lose it to the Giants at home, and now you're losing again to the to the Buccaneers at home once again. So yeah, I, it's like you said, like every time you think they're gonna do something, they just mm. yeah. Jordan, although Jordan Love's been pretty good, I, I think oh, he's yeah. better than his numbers show. Um, but that that team's got some problems. I think they need to address in the draft for sure. Yeah, and you know what? I think I don't think fans were expecting like Packers fans. I. Would I'm hoping wouldn't expect that this would have been the time to win. No, it's, they just won that draft pick from the Jets. Yeah, and you know <laughs> it's it's a good step to see the team going like with that young and like a, a young quarterback taking like he looks ready. Like he definitely looks ready to play, and like he's proved it all year. I'd say. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's good just to see that from their players, and yeah, take into next year and just build on it. San Francisco smashed Arizona at home or on the road rather, forty-five to twenty-nine. Should be a <laughs> no, surprise it, it was there. a home game. They had there was a lot of San Fran That's fans. True. There. That's true. <laughs> um, a little Freudian slip there. Washington football team lost to the LA Rams twenty to twenty-eight in LA. So uh, basically, a home team for Washington, home game for Washington <laughs> as well. Rams though, all of a sudden, look like they're going to make the playoffs. Sean McVay, Man. serious contender for coach of the year. He'd be my vote at, yeah. uh, at this time. They are back, baby. They are back indeed. Dallas Cowboys, once again, showing that they may not be the true contenders we think they are. Uh, losing to Buffalo 31-10 to in Buffalo. Besides that win against Philly, they've really just kind of blown all their games to uh, the top teams. Yeah. Mind you, those have all been road games. That is true, but, I mean, unless you're the number one seed in your conference, you're going to have to play road games in the playoffs. That's true, although Dallas so... might get a first game at home for yes. the playoffs. That they that I think they will if they can win their division. Baltimore beat Jacksonville 23 to 7 on Sunday night football. Uh shouldn't have been a surprise there, but the big surprise was Philly losing to Seattle. Mm-hmm. 17 to 20. What a crazy finish to that game. And giving up the number 1 seed in the NFC East to their dreaded rivals, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, exactly. Uh, that that one was just a crazy ending. Drew Locke leading a two-minute drive. Like, who would have well, thought that? Why not? I mean, yeah, I, I'm all for it, man. Like, I, I was loving that when I was watching that game. I was like, hell yeah, go on, Drew Locke. Like, get this upset. I don't want to see the Eagles win. So, I was so happy. Team Chaos, I'm right there with you. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, Thursday night this week, we had the Rams... Beating the Saints 30-22 to was a tight game. Mm-hmm. Saints uh, just once again puking up that uh, any advantage they have for that NFC South. Now Tampa Bay alone at number one. Yes. I'm Honestly, that game, I was... I don't know, were you... Did you see that game? Did you see any of the highlights? I did. Okay. The onside kick with like, what was it, four minutes to go when they were only down by eight? I don't know if I would have done that. You would just trust your defense? Yeah. Because I, I think I saw a stat, too, afterwards saying that, like, onside kicks are only, like, 136 this year or something, so... Yeah, teams have gotten very good at defending against that. Yeah, so I would have just given them the ball back on, like, their own 25 because it's going to be a, a touchback because it's in a dome. 
Why don't more teams use the surprise onside? Because I believe that's like basically like a coin flip. I think that's 50-50. Yeah. yeah, that one is always. like Imagine opening the game with an onside kick. Like They're just not expecting it. <laughs> no, but even in that situation, like oh, line yeah. up like you're going to do like a normal kickoff, but then give them the onside well, kick. I think that's they throw them off. tried. Like, I remember watching that play. It looked like the kicker was going to do like a normal kick, and then he kind of switched directions. and went, Or like he was going to onside kick one way, and then he onside kicked the other way, and I just think it was a mess. Yeah, I mean, well... Just know what you're going to do going into it, I guess. Yeah. Um, also, one last thing I wanted to get into was that uh, Michael Pittman hit oh, against the Steelers. Yes, so, right. um, he was kind of thrown around there. Tough play to watch. Tom Brady actually chimed in and said that was the quarterback's fault. He said you should not be putting your wide receivers in that position. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Just a, kind of like in hockey where you throw that pass up to a player. Yeah, right a suicide get pass. It. Exactly. It was, that's the perfect way to describe it. Took that's, the words right yeah. out of my mouth. That's exactly what it was, yeah. That's true. You just hope that uh, Pittman's going to be okay. Very good wide receiver for the Colts. Oh, yeah. Um, They're top one. And uh, let's take this into our power rankings for the week. All right. Who are your top five, Stephen? My top – so I for, I haven't been on in a while. Is this still a top five for the season? Well, top five power rankings. Like, right now, who's your top five? Okay. Well, I will go with the Ravens. Uh, I don't know. Not in order, is it? Or Yeah, in order. Uh, I would go, yeah, try and go okay. five through one. Okay. Uh, so at number five, oh, I don't know if I can pick a number five, actually. That's the one I'm tough, I'm, I'm struggling with. Well, you can put honorable mentions in there, in there too, after. Okay. Um, I guess for now, at number five, we will go with the Philadelphia Eagles, but just okay. barely hanging on to that one, I'm saying. Okay. Uh, the number four... I will take the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Three, the Dolphins. Okay. Two, Ravens. And Niners at number one. Okay. So pretty close to my list. I have the Miami Dolphins at number five. Mm Mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys, number four. Uh, Detroit Lions, number three. Okay. Baltimore Ravens, number two. And San Fran, number one. Although, so Philly and KC, you just missed my list. Dallas to KC... Those are basically, they're all in the same tier. Like, yeah. there's not much separating those two teams. Top two have separated themselves from the pack, though. Oh, by far. So, uh, but it's very tight this year. Very, yeah. very tight. I, and I got to say that, too. Like, Dallas, Philly, Casey, and Detroit were all very close in mine as well. Like, I, those were the four I really couldn't decide for between four, five, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. And Cruz's take that there's not going to be a 14-win team this year. It's going to come right down to the final week, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh San Fran and Baltimore are the only teams that can get to 14 wins right now. Yeah, they got to. Well, actually, so what, at least only one of, one of teams, them will be. Able only to, one yeah. of them will be able to do it. So, Cruz, your pick might be pretty good there. Uh, so I guess we'll take this into our Sunday picks against the spread. All right. Cruz has sent me his picks for this one, so we're gonna be locking them in in real time. Sorry, just give me one second. I'll pull up these picks. You have them all ready to go, Steven? Uh, yeah, just bringing up the spreads right now. Okay, so we're going by my spreads, the live here. Okay, that's fine then. Uh, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Cincinnati favored by three on the road. I'm taking the Bengals. Yeah, taking the Bengals there too. So is Cruz. Although I do want to mention, this is a massive trap game for the Bengals. Okay, well, road, it's a division game in Pittsburgh too, right? That's the, that's yes. the thing. But all three of us are on the Bengals. Uh, Buffalo at the L.A. Chargers. 
Buffalo favored by 12 points on the road. That's not stopping me or Cruz. We're both on Buffalo. Yeah, I like Buffalo here as well. Uh, next up, Indianapolis at Atlanta. Falcons favored by two and a half at home. I'm taking Indianapolis. Same. Uh, Cruz is on Atlanta, though. He has been beating that drum all season, even <laughs> though it's been biting him in the you-know-where. Uh, Green Bay at the Carolina Panthers. Green Bay favored by four points on the road. Me and Cruz both on Green Bay. It's got to be Green Bay. Who is picking the Panthers? That's Crazy people. Especially coming off a win. That <laughs> yeah. team's not getting two in a row. No, no way. Uh, Cleveland at Houston. Cleveland favored by three points on the road. Me and Cruz both on the Browns. Yeah. As much as it kills me, I'm going to have to say Cleveland too. But I, oh, I like the Houston story. Okay. Everyone likes the Houston story. Of course. Detroit at Minnesota. Detroit favored by three points on the road. Mean Cruz, both on the Lions. Yeah, Lions all day, baby. Then all day, we say here at the house that happens. Washington at the New York Jets. Jets favored by three points at home. Mean Cruz, both on the Jets. You know what? I, yeah, I think I'm going to have to side with that. I was about to say Commanders there, but Ooh. then I was thinking about their defense. Although, <laughs> the Jets offense, though. But See, I, oh, I think they can figure it out. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, Seattle Seahawks at the Tennessee Titans. Seattle favored by three and a half points on the road. I don't know how, so I'm going to take the Titans. Give me the home dog. Ooh, I, I'm i going to say Seattle for this one. Seattle. Yeah. Cruz also on Tennessee. Tennessee without uh, Will Le- uh, Levi or Levis. Levis. Will Levis. The Billy Jeans. quarterback. Yeah, Billy Jeans, as Jay Onright calls him. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers favored by a point and a half at home. I like Tampa Bay. So does Cruz. Me too. All three of us on Tampa Bay. We have some a lot of similar picks this week. So we will all die together. Yes, we will. Uh, Arizona Cardinals at Chicago. Arizona actually, they used to, they started off as the Chicago Cardinals. I don't ah, know that. I did not. Uh, Bears favored by four points at home. Me and Cruz both on the Bears. Why am I... Why am I tempted to go Cardinals? I just feel like it would be the most Bears thing to lose to the Cardinals. So it I'm would gonna, be. I'm going to say Cardinals. You're going to say Arizona going for the upset. But the Bears should win. <laughs> Miami Dolphins at home uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. Dolphins favored by only two. It should be more. I guess all that Dallas money. Give me Miami. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins here too. I like them. Uh, New England Patriots at the Denver Broncos. This is now the Sunday Nighter. Uh, Denver favored by seven points at home. I'm taking the Broncos. Cruz is taking New England. Who are you taking? Ooh, I I will also take the Broncos. I think. I, I just don't see New England scoring a touchdown. <laughs> and that uh, that altitude. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs favored by ten and a half at home. Give me Kansas City. Cruz is taking Kansas City. Yeah, you gotta think they cover this. Like it's it's the Raiders. It's the Raiders. They did put up sixty-three. They, yeah, that's but that's the, the thing, right? They put up sixty-three, so now they're gonna they're gonna come back down to earth now. New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles favored by thirteen and a half. I say it doesn't matter. The Tommy Cutlets magic, the passing Paisano much uh, <laughs> magic. By the way, he trademarked both those. Is oh, it's amazing. Me and Cruz both on the Eagles. Yeah, give me the Eagles here. They're coming off three rough losses, so they gotta bounce back. Okay. And last but not least, the Christmas Nighter. What a doozy. Baltimore at San Francisco. San Fran favored by six at home. Mean Cruz are both on San Francisco. Steven. I'm going to take the Ravens just because I, I think it will be a close game. I think it will be a close game. Okay. 
I just spread at six. I just don't. Yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna be more than six points. I think it's gonna be like a three or two point game. Something, something ridiculous like that. So fifteen games. We pick the same. The three of us pick the same for ten of them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us on the same page here. I should also mention, Stephen, the last time you were here, you did <laughs> your picks. Yes. Where, uh, where, where are you? It was very early. It was like it was week five. Yep. You were ten of. 13, I believe. Yeah, yes. you were 10 of 13. <laughs> I believe that is still the record here on the show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it, it's technically tied the record. but uh, Okay, I'll take 10 it. 10 for 13, uh, although best batting average still probably. So All right. Will you go back to back? We'll find out. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got high expectations now, and I don't like having high. I like having no expectations because you could fail and no one will bat an eye. That, that is true. <laughs> um... So that's going to pretty much do it for our show this week. Steven, you got anything else you want to add? Anything you want to shout out? Anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I've recently started uh, streaming on Twitch again. So if, Where can we find you? If you want to if you want to find me on Twitch, search up Steve's7797. And uh, yeah, I, I stream a lot of, like every Wednesday night, we do uh, F1 League Racing. I'm starting to mix in some NHL again now. I actually just did one this past week, a very successful stream. So yeah, hopefully see you there. Great to hear. Um, and, of course, next week, uh, we're still undecided about how we're going to do the show. If we're going to do a separate year in review show and a regular show or just combine it into one. Um, you'll obviously see when that happens, though. But uh, the awards, I'm going to hype up a few of them. So we're going to have awards such as, obviously, Athlete of the Year, Coach Manager of the Year, Most Clutch Player, Best Offensive Player, Best Defensive Player, Best Newbie, Moron of the Year, Biggest Sellouts, potentially, uh, Best Female Talking Head, Biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, best team, worst team, biggest villain, and of course, the biggest bitch. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be great to see. Uh, I just want to thank you again for listening to us on The House That Happens every week. We value you so much. Uh, we love you, our fans. I love you. Steven loves you. Cruz loves you. Serge loves you. Uh, we all love you. And uh, I think that's just about to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you once again, and remember here at The House That Happens, we keep the vibe alive. You can find The House That Happens on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Podchaser, Boomplay, YouTube, and SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at The House That Happens, and follow us on Twitter at House Happens. You can also shoot us an email at thehousethathappens at gmail.com.